not gonna lie, this is gonna feel really weird at first. I haven't seen faces in a long time. So to stand and preach and see faces is a big difference this morning. Why is that? Because all the stuff I've been doing lately have been online, and so the only face I see, although as pretty as it is, is my own. So just a little bit different. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? Amen, amen. Well, just to let you guys know a little bit about what we've been doing, I don't know how much Mark has talked about, how much the board has talked about. Hannah and I has actually moved to Fort Wayne. We are currently in Fort Wayne, Indiana at this time. Um, and while we've been down there, I work for a company called Parkview. It's a hospital. And uh, I work in a county called DeKalb as an EMT down there. And uh, it's a lot different than EMS working Flint, okay? From Flint inner city to DeKalb rural, it is a big difference. And it's getting used to being 20, 30, 40 minutes from a hospital compared to 10 minutes from three major hospitals, you know? And so it's a big difference. Hannah is now working at Parkview as well, but she is working at the cardiology office there in the Heart Institute, and she works as an MA, as a medical assistant, that's what she's doing, but is also um, just put in for where I'm at to do some part-time EMS work there because she's a glutton for punishment, and she misses being a first responder and doing those kind of things. So um, that's where we are down there. While we've been down there, we have continued G3 ministry. It's been an online ministry that encourages missional communities. And at this point, we still have Saginaw. Saginaw still meets. Actually, we got a few of them right now. We got George, Linda, and Terry. And uh, AJ's been there once in a while, off and on. And uh, so they're here this morning. And uh, so um, thank you for being here. Um, but they still meet every other Sunday night because we meet every other Sunday night online. And they're there watching, commenting. And uh, we got people who watch from Copeland, Indiana. We got people who are watching from outside of G3 in Saginaw area. So all around. We have people who are watching and participating in G3 online. Um, the exciting news is we are looking at possibly starting an online campus in Fort Wayne as well in um, August. We have a possibility of starting one in Moline, Illinois. I'm still working on him. Uh, one of my old pastor friends who isn't currently doing anything, I'm like, you could do this, man. And I keep trying to encourage him to do it. Also, some um, really cool, um, thing, uh, another thing that's uh, possibly transpiring is this Thursday, I am applying to a Wesleyan church in Fort Wayne. That's about three and a half miles down from where we are. And one of their job descriptions is they want an online presence, which we're already doing. And so I'm pretty excited about that and see where that transpires. So you can be praying for Hannah and I as we continue to be led by God. Amen? Amen. Whew, got that out. That was fast. I told Hannah, I said, I'm going to be doing good to get out of here today because the man I said, I could preach for an hour today. <laughs> Did I lose anybody yet? I'll see if anyone got up left. Anyone got up left yet? Hey, I always told people, if you need to leave, you can leave. But I'll preach until God is done preaching. Amen? And I always tell people, I can't preach, but God can. I give God all the glory. Amen? Amen. All right, let's go ahead. Have you ever missed out on something? Have you ever missed out on something because you did not move? I need some illustration. Who can shout out on What is something that you missed out on because you didn't move? Don't get shy on me this morning. Okay? I'm going to use y'all as much as I can because I actually have people with me this morning. So what is something that you have missed out on because you didn't move? And you're like, man, if I just would have moved, I would have, I would have had that. No one's ever done it. George? Well, it was just a purchase. I had it in my hands. I thought about it. 
I also thought my wife might kill me if I brought it home. <laughs> I sat it back down. As soon as I sat it down, the guy next to me grabbed it and goes, do you know what this is? And I said, well, I have an idea. It could be valuable. He says, yeah, it's from the 1900s. It's probably worth hundreds of dollars. And I wanted four bucks for it. And you put it down, right? You kind of do what we're talking about. There's times in our lives, right, where we miss on something because maybe we only thought about it or we just studied about it or we wished to do it, but we never thought we were good enough or that we maybe didn't have what would be needed to be provided that we could do it or maybe we let fear and doubt keep us from moving. Maybe we let it keep us from doing what God called us to do, and, and that is go, and, and you missed out because you didn't go. And this is what I have a problem with, is we as Christians should never miss out on stuff. Amen. All right, now, don't want don't you? We should not be the group of people that miss out on stuff. We're supposed to be the people paving the way with great excitement and great expectations. From what God wants us to do. We are to be a, what does Pastor Mark always say? Well, I believe he still says it. At the end of every service, you are what? You are sent. We are a sent people. That means a go people. Yeah. We are called to go. And one of the things I feel like that we have switched up in our churches is we feel like we've got to grow to go when really it's the other way that God has always done things is you have to go to grow. Does that make sense? Are you sitting with me? We are called to be a sent people, a people on the move. Matthew 28, 19-20 states this. This is what God has called us all to do, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, therefore, go and sit in your pews. Don't move. Think about it. Wish about it. Grow about it. Learn about it. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of age. And man, I am so thankful for that last part. That nothing we do, we do on our own. That Jesus goes with us. Amen? It's in the going we make disciples. It's in the going God provides, protects, leads, and guides. It's in the going doors are opened and miracles are seen and faith is increased. Our lives and the lives of others is changed. It's in the going that the kingdom of God is increased in us and the kingdom of God itself grows. And the population of the kingdom goes up. We must go. I like the idea of what is being said here. The idea when Jesus says, go and make disciples, he's basically saying, as you go, as you go about life, make disciples. So many times we say, here, people make excuses or think that it's hard to do, right? How many of you have ever heard it? Or maybe you said it yourself, I'm a huge proponent of not, you know, not wearing a mask in the church. I think healing and all this stuff comes from when you take these things off, right? So how many of you here have felt that way that I can't make disciples unless I grow or it's a little little too hard for me to do, or that might be someone else's job. Thank you. One person's honest. Two people. Okay. All right. There it goes. Don't be afraid. 
And I think we've all had those moments, right, where we've been afraid to go, that we've been afraid to share the gospel, that we've been afraid to make disciples. But I think we try, we, we, we conjured up this idea that it's a lot harder than it is. And it's really not that hard to just go and live as God has called us to live. It's really not that hard to live and be as God has called us to live. It's really not if we allow the spirit to move and do what it needs to do in our heart and in our life. Amen. And God has called us to do it as we go. So about as you go about life to do this. It's not saying to do anything different, but as you go, one of the things I like to encourage people with, especially a lot today, that where God has planted you, that's where God is calling you to shepherd. Let me say that again. Where God has planted you is where God has called you to shepherd right now. Those are the people God has brought into your life for you to be the hands and feet of Christ to. And this idea of as you go, let me, let me give you a little illustration of what this can look like, because it's really not as complicated as I think we make it sound. The other day, I was with my family, it's happened twice now, and this is why I'm just excited about what God wants to do in Fort Wayne, what God's doing with us. Um, I went to, uh, we was driving home, actually, and I looked at my wife, and I said, you know, I want some ice cream, because I'm wasting away, <laughs> and I really need some. Okay? I can feel my sugar dropping. That's my excuse when I need some ice cream. And, but we're going to Dairy Queen, and eh, Dairy Queen, right? It's okay. And we're on our way to uh, Dairy Queen, and then all of a sudden I told him, I said, you know what? I want something different. This, I, I thought about it. I, was like, I just want something different than Dairy Queen. And I started looking up ice cream places, and, and one of the places that popped up was this place called Sweet Monster. Sounds intriguing, right? <laughs> Monster of ice cream. But when I looked it up, it was one of those, I don't know how many of you guys have seen this, but it's one of those ice cream where they, they mix it up and then they pour it on this cold, like, um, metal sheet, and then they flatten it, and then they roll the ice cream. Like, they scrape it up in rolls, and they put it in a cup. I've been wanting to try this, because I'm an ice cream fiend, right? <laughs> and so I was like, let's check this out. Let's go there. It's not that far, so Hannah turns around, we go there, and as we're standing there, as we're going about life, Okay, and the other thing is, is as you're going about life, if Jesus is your life, it makes it a lot easier. If Jesus is your life, as you go about life, it makes it a lot easier. And so as I'm going about my life and I'm sitting there, I'm standing there, I'm getting ready to order, there's, a, there's some students there. I found out later there were students and they just start talking to me. And one of the things I like to pray is, God, give me open doors. God, open up doors where I can share the faith. Open up doors where I can speak your name. Open up doors where I can share the gospel as I go. But I have to be willing to go and I have to be willing to walk through those doors when God opens those, right? And so as I'm going, though, God began to open this door. They began to speak to me. And they began to ask, and we began to talk about the ice cream and different things, and if it's good, and what they ordered, what I ordered, all these things, right? I thought the conversation was done. They leave. I'm standing there waiting for my ice cream. As soon as I get my ice cream, I get Hannah's as well. Hannah comes out of the bathroom, and we go to leave. And as we leave, I'm walking, and all of a sudden I said, I heard, hey, how is it? And the first thing to me was like, who's talking to me? No one knows me in Fort Wayne. So I turn around, they're still in the car, parked right there. And we start conversating, talking. God begins to open up doors. I told him what I'm doing. I told him about G3. I told him about what, it was so open, I began to tell my story about what God had done in my own personal life. It was easy, why? Because God is my life. And so if you're going to talk to me, 
especially for a very period of time, you're going to hear about God because God is my life. I can't, I can't talk about my life without talking about Christ because Christ is my life. And the doors just opened up to where they were asking, when are you going to have this? And maybe I'm just on site. And they took my name. They took my number. They text me before I even left the parking lot. And I got them on text message where I'm getting ready to text them when we actually have it on site. Or at this church, I'm going to tell them, hey, I'm right here too. Come check this out. But it was as I go, right? It wasn't hard. I didn't force myself on them. I didn't force a door open. I didn't talk to them when they didn't want to talk to me. They began the conversation with me. It's something God was doing, right? Amen. One more example for me, one. I was asking uh, me and my daughter and her fiance, we was going to go get something to eat a little later at night. Hannah stayed home and we decided to go to Taco Bell. And while we were at Taco Bell, we're standing inside and my daughter watches the lady in gloves right here where she's going to make our food. Then the lady goes to make food, right? I looked at my daughter and I said, uh, I'm going to go use the bathroom. She says, you're leaving, aren't you? And I said, yes. <laughs> I said, y'all can eat here if you want, but I ain't going to get sick. Okay, you guys, I'll come in here and conversate with y'all and stuff, but I'm going home. I'll, I'll eat somewhere else. I'm not eating here, right? And so they were like, all right, we're not eating. Let's go. So because of this, though, God works in some crazy ways, right? Because of that, my daughter wanted to go to Skyline Chili. We go to Skyline Chili. We're sitting there eating. We get done eating. There's a group of kids. And there's an element of putting yourself out there. There is an element of being willing to put yourself out there, okay? That's part of that going. And when we get done eating, then I noticed these students up there. I didn't know about what age they were, but I, I got talking to them. And I just asked them, like, hey, you guys look like students. You go to a school around here. Willing to put yourself out there a little bit, right? Willing to care. Willing to, to conversate and make these relationships. Christianity is all about relationships. And I asked them, I said, where are you going to school? They told me where they're going to school. Then I was like, well, where are you going to go to college, right? Started to And then out of the blue, guess what? They asked me a question. Where'd you go to college? Did you go to college? Now my door opened up, right? <laughs> yep, I went to Indiana Wesleyan University. What'd you go to college for? Because I already asked them what they were going to go to college for, so their question came right back to me, right? I, I went to be a pastor. I graduated Christian Ministries, you know? Oh, do you have a church was their first words out of their mouth. And I, and I took a step back and so I was like, and the reason I did it, I was like, because I don't have a church yet in the sense of what they're looking for for them to be a part of. But I was able to give them G3. I was able to give them our website. I was able to give them all the stuff. And they told them of the possibility of putting in burgers. I didn't tell them where, because that, that's, that's neither here nor say. You don't want to say that yet, because I'm not being able to be interviewed and all that stuff. But it's the idea of going, right? Many times we get scared to go, but God said to go. And if we would understand that as we go, God goes before us, and with us and after us, that God himself orders and directs our steps, we would move without hesitation. <sighs> Amen? Amen? Am I losing y'all? Look, guys, I, I do not preach well to a library. <laughs> I want you to know that. I don't preach well. <laughs> it would, it, right? we, if we, move, we would move with great expectations. And we would go beyond and grow beyond what we thought possible. We would see the kingdom being built in us. And when we see the kingdom being built around us, and there's nothing better and more fulfilling than that. We are called to go, and if we don't, if we don't go, we are missing it. And I don't want to be missing out. I don't know about you. 
I don't want to miss out. I don't, I want to be involved in what God is doing. I want to know what God is doing so I can be involved in what God is doing because one of my favorite things to pray lately, I've been praying for a couple of years now, Lord, let me know your favor that I might walk in your favor. Because I don't want to miss out on what you're doing. I don't want to miss out. I don't want you to use someone else because I didn't go. Because God will do that, right? If you don't go, his, he will accomplish what he wants to accomplish with or without you. I want it to be with me. Amen. Mm. We are called to go. There's two scriptures I want to look at this morning to help us in the going, to maybe help increase our faith, to help us get excited and ready to move. Maybe we need to think about these being as being very encouraging or exciting passages, but we're going to look at them this morning. And they're very well-known passages. The first one is Psalms 37, 23. So if you want to start getting there right now, Psalms 37, 23. And the other one, we know very well, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. So if you want to turn there, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We're going to read these passages and, and, and pull out some things that hopefully gets you excited, hopefully encourages you to go. <clears throat> Am I the only one excited this morning? <laughs> okay, all right. I, I think, uh, like, uh, I think it was one of the things that Nikki said, but there's this element of being in awe of God again. And something you said, I don't know exactly what it was you said, but there's this idea of being in awe again. Man, guys, no, we, we need to get it back in awe of God again. Right? I know. You might have had a rough week this week. Let me tell you, I'm an, I'm an EMT. I know what a rough week looks like. Let me tell you, you might have had a rough week. You might have rough things going on around you. You may have all these things happening. But don't let that dictate your joy this morning. Because the only thing that should dictate your joy this morning is the relationship with Jesus Christ. That's all it's about. All these things are going to happen. Jesus said they were going to happen. But he says, my peace I leave with you. Right? We have peace in him. And we can be happy, we can be joyful, we can be excited and encouraged this morning because God is still on the throne. And something that's really cool is he wants to use you in this world. Great. Yeah. I used to, oh, I'm sorry, I'm about to jump. You should be excited that the God of all creation wants to use you in this world if you just say yes, if you just go. So let's look at these passages. The first one, man, Psalms 37, 23 says this. I want to read it out of the NIV and the NLT this morning. And he says this, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Just reading that should start to encourage you. NLT says it this way, that the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by their hand. By their hands. So let's go ahead and pray. I need God this morning. I need God's help. Amen. And let's look at some of these things that will hopefully encourage you and give you the strength and the faith that, that, that propels you out to go as God is calling us to go. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning, for this opportunity to come and to spread your word, this opportunity to dig deep into your word, this opportunity to enter into your presence this morning. For as we already noticed and all we've already talked about, we don't have to invite you here. You're here. You've invited us here to worship you. And Father, we're in dire need of your presence in a mighty, powerful way. We're in dire need of you to work in us and through us and around us and for us and for your kingdom. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would just move in powerful ways, opening us up, opening up our minds, opening up our hearts. 
May we receive what you have for us today, that we may not just be near hearers of your word, but we would be doers of your word by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I'm praying this morning that whatever anyone may be going through this morning, that they have come here, that they have come here with, that they would lift it up and hand it over to you, the author and finisher of our faith. You want to grant us freedom. You said that your burden is light and your yoke is easy. But it's only like that if we willingly and intentionally take the things in our life that's weighing us down and place them at your feet. So we place those things at your feet this morning and we pray that any distractions this morning that would we, be just gone, dis dismissed. That any, any spiritual powers of darkness that may be trying to interrupt or, or cause distraction, that it would flee in the name of Jesus. We pray that your angels would surround this building and end the sanctuary as we worship you in your word. And we pray that your will be done and your kingdom come. I pray, Lord Jesus, that I will float in you this morning, that your words will come across and not my own, and that we would see you. For it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen. 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 We're going to pull out some truths. So one of the first truths we see here as we read this is that God makes our, 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 that God makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. This idea of being firm, he, it, it's something that is secure, right? God makes steps secure for us. So if I go to make a step, when God tells me to go, I can trust that this step is going to be secure enough to hold this little weight I have here. <laughs> I can be sure that it's not going to break because God has ordered me to step on this step. I don't have to fear that it will break before me. I don't have to fear that this step won't provide for me. I don't have to fear that this step will hurt me because my God is a good God. My God only wants what's best for me. So when I make this step, I know it's going to be firm when I stand on it. Come on now. Amen. That should be encouraging to you yes. that when God is calling you to go, when he places a step before you and you step on it, it's going to be firm. It's going to be there. It's going to hold your weight. You can't do it without Christ, though. But when Christ says step, you step. It'll be made firm. You won't have to worry. So why do we get anxious? You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to ask God, God, you're going to have to be there. God, are you going to provide? God, will you do this? God, you better do this. Nah, nah, nah. If God says go, all those things are insinuated. That's why I pray, Lord, let me know your favor that I might walk in your favor. Because I know when I know your favor, when I know the step that you told me to take, it will be there and it will be firm. Amen. Yeah. He moves on. He says that in this, in, in, in Psalms here, he says that the steps are directed by God. Or ordered by God, which we're going to talk about later, but directed by God, which means God will tell you where to step, when not to step. He will show you things to step over, things to step through. Don't go here because that's not good for you. Please go here because I need you here. Please do this because if you do this, this will grow you and it will grow the kingdom. He will direct your steps. Take the pressure off yourselves this morning. It's not about you. Christ is going to direct you as you go. As I make steps, I know that God is going to tell me, step here, that's fine. I won't direct your steps. Step here, it's fine. I won't direct your steps because he knows where he's getting me and where he's taking me. Amen? Amen. 
I don't have to ask if he's going to be there. All these things he told me the step by step. I'm so thankful that he directs my steps to keep me from sin, to keep me from stumbling. Now, sometimes we don't listen, right? Sometimes we get off track. That's fine. Because the end of the scripture says what? That he will hold you with his hand and he will keep you from falling. And I like it because I think it's keep you from failing. Because as long as you're trying, as long as you're growing, you will never fail. You just learn. Scripture says that here that he will make known. He will make known these steps. I mean, he will reveal our purpose. And our purpose is this. Because he's not revealing the main purpose. This is everybody's purpose. Please hear me. You want to know your purpose this morning? Yes? Yeah. All right, I was waiting now. Here's your purpose. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. You don't have to ask God what your purpose is. That's your purpose. Your purpose as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Christ, is to make disciples, period. That's your purpose. Oh, boy, Pastor Mike. I thought that was the pastor's job. Maybe that was the spiritual formation's pastor's job. Maybe, maybe, maybe the youth pastor, you know, maybe the Sunday school teacher even, maybe even the board, but no. If you're a disciple of Jesus, which means you're a follower of Jesus, meaning you, you live as he lived. A disciple means you follow his teachings, and he made disciples, and then he even gives you the commandment, not a suggestion, but a commandment to make disciples. That's your purpose. What you need to be revealed to you is to where, whom, and how. So as you go, God will reveal to whom, where, and how that you're about to make disciples. And he does that. He'll reveal. He'll open up doors. And he'll provide people for you. People around you that need to hear the gospel message, who want to hear the gospel message from you and not me. That's good, right? The scripture says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Because the laborers aren't going. And it's as you go, you don't have to change up. I'm not asking you as a pastor. Though I, the word, I don't believe, is asking you to do any more than what you're doing. It's just take Christ along. Let me free you a little bit. It's, it's easier to, you don't have to pick up something more. Because I, I, I understand more now than ever being bivocational, how hard it is to go to a secular job every day, you know, in the grind with that, and then do the church thing too, and I know how hard that gets. And then you're asking me to put up something else. You're, you're asking me to come to church for another event. You're, you're asking me to do this, and you're asking me to do that. I don't have any more time, and, and I don't have time to spend with my family. I don't have time to spend with my wife. I don't spend time with my husband. I don't have time to spend with my friends. I don't, get to, I don't even have any personal time to myself because I need that because Lord knows I need it because I'm getting stressed out. I'm not asking you to pick up anything else. I'm asking you to just bring Christ along. So when you go to the grocery store, bring Christ with you and wait for those open doors. When you go out to eat, bring Christ with you. Wait for those open doors. I had an open door this morning. I left the hotel this morning as I covered in. And just before I even left, I felt like God said, I want you to give a $20 bill to the housekeeper. And God opened up the door to where when I left, she was actually standing there. And I was able to walk up to her and give her a $20 bill. She was just in awe, just ecstatic. Because I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this for years until my mom and dad was working as housekeepers that you can tip housekeepers. Right? And so I, I tipped, 
and, you know, I gave her a $20 bill. Thank you for what she did. I said, I thank you for everything you do. And I heard as we went over to the elevator, I could hear her say, wow. Bringing Christ with you. I'm not asking you to do anything more. I'm just asking you to go and go with Christ. He will make things known. He orders the way. I like this idea that he orders. It means he actually prepares in advance that you are the right person for the journey. He's already prepared it for you. Come on, guys. That's good. He is already prepared. He has ordered the steps already. The Bible says he has prepared good works in advance for you already before the foundations of the world. It's there. So you don't have to conjure it up. You don't have to try to do it. You don't have to make it happen. You just got to go. The second thing we see in here is that he delights in the details of our lives. I find that just so exciting. In the mundane, in the everyday, in the every minute, every second of the day, he delights in the, in, in the details of our lives. That means nothing is unimportant to God. And he'll use the, the many minute things in your life for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in the little things, guys. It's not in the Billy Graham things. No, I'm not saying Billy Graham was a godly medicine. What I'm trying to say, there was the little things that added up to that. It was the person that invited the person of Graham to Billy Graham, right? It was, it was the little things. It's the little things of trusting in God no matter what. Like my grandmother did one time when her, her husband, my grandfather, decided that we were never going to pay our tithe. You're going to stop paying your tithe. And she told him, I don't care what you say. As long as I have breath in my lungs, I will pay my tithe as God. As long, I don't care if we have another loaf of bread in this home, I'll still pay my tithe. And you know what happened? Later that day, someone from the church came and brought like four or five loaves of bread and set them on the table after she had made this comment that kingdom of God is in the little things and it's revealed in the little things if you're just willing to trust and you're willing to go and take them along with you. Yeah. It's in the $5 bill that my dad felt God need to give as a tip the other day and as he got home, he looked in the puddle of water and there laid another $5 bill that he had just given more than likely not the same five dollars. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't take it out. No, I'm just kidding. It's in the little things. He delights in the details. The Lord holds us up. The scripture later here in Psalm 37 says that the Lord upholds us. Though we stumble. This isn't not failure as we were talking about earlier. But it's a time of learning. Because even in the stumble, God uses us for his glory. I think of the story of Jonah, right? Jonah disobeys. He, he goes, but he goes in the wrong direction, right? But even in his going, even in his disobedience, God still uses him. Because on the very boat he's on, when the storm is brewing and things are going all awry, they said, what is happening? And Jonah says, it's me. I've made my God mad. And they start throwing things off. And they said, no, no, no. Throw me off. It's the only thing that's going to work. And as they threw him off, they worshiped Jonah's God. And you say that God can't use you? God used Jonah in his complete disobedience for his kingdom. How much more when we go in the right direction as God points? And though opposition will come, he will hold us up with his righteous right hand. We will never fall. We cannot fail as we seek God and move forward. I think of Peter walking on water. He didn't fail. He learned. 
But he's done more than any of us. I'm, I'm, I'm able to, I think I can say this. He's done more than any of us in this sanctuary. And the fact that he got to walk on water because he was willing to ask and go. And folks, in a spiritual sense and maybe in a physical sense, I don't limit God. We too, if we're obedient, can walk on water if we just go. We don't miss out. We won't miss out on walking on water just because I'm not willing to go. I believe many who stop going or don't go forget these truths. Elijah did the same thing as he was standing there, had all kinds of things happen. He did all kinds of things for God, right? Man, God moved in powerful ways, Elijah. And the next thing we see, I call it the pity tree. As he's underneath the pity tree, he's crying, oh God, no God, there's nobody else. Just let me die, right? But then God wakes him up. He says, wake up and eat, right? And he eats. And as he eats, he gains strength. And I think that's what we're talking about this morning. We got to wake up, guys. We got to wake up and remember the truth that God is with us. Wake up and remember that we can go. That as we go, God does things in us and through us and with us. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. I want to read three versions this morning because there's so much here. The first version, NLT, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We know the scripture, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So many times I feel like I, I, if we could just do what we already know, it would be amazing. He goes, let me read it in the NIV. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And the King James says it this way, because we know the King James is the only good version. I'm really joking. <laughs> and if I offend you, John, well, I'm kind of sorry. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So what do we do? We, we remember God orders our steps. We remember that he delights in us and in the details and that he holds us up. So we must, first of all, trust in him. It says here, trust in him, what? With all your heart. Some of it. If you're going to make this step, when God says to make step, you're going to believe that it's made firm, that it's not going to break on you. You have to trust God with all your heart. You have to make up your mind that you're going to trust Him with everything you are. And you have to make that decision. Am I truly going to trust Him with everything, or am I just going to trust Him with partial? And if you're in the partial, you're not truly trusting God, and therefore you're not truly serving God, and you're not going to do stuff for God. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Now, let me backtrack a little bit. God can still use your disobedience as we talked about earlier, but he's not going to be able to fully use you as he wants to. Who is it? Hiding here is it just me? <laughs> Trusting him means no wavering or division. You cannot serve two masters. We'll move on. There's so much more there, but True faith, this true faith, trust in him. Second, depend on him. The scripture right here says you got to depend on him. Trusting in him, not yourself. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's not my strength, it's Christ's strength. It's all about what Christ can do. And if Christ is doing it, it will not and it does not fail. It's leaning out of my own understanding. It's using the wisdom God gave me, but not depending upon it alone. Willing, here it is, listen to this. Willing to lay it aside when God reveals something new, even when it seems crazy. So we're to use our brains. We're to use the wisdom God gives us. But we're not to lean on it. 
Because when God reveals something new, we're to cast it aside, do what he tells us to do, even if it sounds crazy, even if it's walking around the walls of Jericho to get the walls to fall, we do it because God says to. Scripture says submit to him. There's an element of submitting, right? You've got to humble yourselves. He is God. It's remembering this. He is God and I am not. Maybe we should say that to ourselves in the morning when we wake up, right? He is God. I am not. can't get it twisted. It's always living with a yes to God. And there's an element in the scripture about seek him. We have to seek him. So it's a choice. It's intentional. You have to be looking into the word. You have to be spending time with him. Spending time in solitude. You have to seek him as you go. It's looking for his will. Finding that peace in that and going forward in faith. And lastly, it's acknowledging him. I looked up the word acknowledging. It's interesting because uh, I don't know if I kept the papers here somewhere, but in the notes here, it's, it's, it's acknowledging as admitting existence, making something known, and recognizing the rights and authority it has over us. So when we acknowledge God, we admit his existence, allow, always allowing for his advice and his direction. We, we make him known because we acknowledge him and then we recognize the rights and authority he has over us because we are his and he died for us that we might live for him because he is Lord. And when we do this, we are living a godly life. We are living godly and God will do as we read in Psalms 37, 23 earlier. Making our steps firm, and making a way and ordering our steps. He will do all those things. There's a great example of someone about this, and this is the last thing I have for you. I want to look at this example in Acts. We want to turn to Acts. Acts 16. Paul's on his second missionary journey. And I'm not going to read all of it. I just want to read down through. Uh, let me see what's, where I want to read down to. I believe it's uh, Acts chapter 16. We can start with one, but... Well, actually, let's go to verse 6, Acts 16, 6, because I want to read this. Paul started his missionary journey, so Paul was going, right? Paul was going, and it's interesting here that as Paul was going, this is what happened. It says, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phygia and Galatia, and because the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching the word of the providence of Asia at that time, then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the providence of Bithynia, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through Mizner to the sea to the seaport of Troyos. Troyos. I don't know why cities. I wish it'd be names like Smith, John. You know, but it's not like that. Um, it's interesting though, as you read through, as you read through Paul's story here in his second missionary journey, that every step Paul took was ordered by God. It was prepared for Paul for the next, and each step fulfilling his destiny, which is the journey itself. Let me say that. Each step fulfilling the destiny, which is the journey itself. Your journey is your destiny. Bringing him to different destinations along the way. As Paul went, the Spirit guided him. Look at all the things Paul got to do because he went. He, he wrote letters. He, he, he made and developed relationships. He cast out demons. He, he, led by, he was led by the Spirit. He led many to Christ. He witnessed miracles. He was persecuted. Why is that a good thing? Because he was persecuted for his faith. He was placed in prison and got to see what God did as the earthquake came and the, and the jail cells were opened up. 
And Silas and Paul was free, and the jailer came in. Remember that? And because he stayed, and because of what he witnessed, the jailer and his whole household was saved because as Paul went, Paul followed Christ. And as he went about life, the Lord provided, the Lord protected. Paul grew and grew the kingdom as he went. He saw fruit in some places and lacked in others. What's interesting is in Paul's second missionary journey, he traveled 3,307 miles in 100 days. In total, Paul covered in his missionary journeys, in total, 10,000 miles by foot. That's equivalent to walking from New York to L.A. nearly four times. Paul lived a set life. As he went, he served and revealed Christ. He made disciples as he went. Go and make disciples. He grew and grew the kingdom. And what's interesting about this, what's, what's interesting is that as Paul went, Paul just kept letting the Spirit guide him. But Paul thought he was going in one direction. And Paul, this wasn't the direction Paul was taking him. I mean, God was thinking, God, he thought he was going to Asia, right? So as he's stepping, he thinks he's going to Asia. He's following God. As he's going, he thinks he's going to Asia. Because God directing this spot as he's going towards us. When, when God really wanted him over here in Macedonia. But what's interesting is as he was being led by the Spirit, he's still getting closer to the destination that God wanted him to go to without knowing. So God does it in our eyes, right? But what's interesting why God does is God, God a lot of times will not reveal your final destination where he's trying to get you to because we like to make shortcuts. And so if I knew I was supposed to go here first, I might try to lean over first, right, to get there. A couple things happens. I could fall, hurt myself, maybe sin. Two, these people miss out on what God wanted me to say to them. So they're not going to grow because of what I was supposed to do. And then I miss out because these people, not only am I ministering to them, they're ministering to me. And I'm supposed to grow because God is preparing. Yeah. Woo! That's a big, 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 big Whoa. splinter. I'll get that later. <laughs> Wowzers. I should have asked God if I was supposed yeah. to slap them or not. <laughs> As God directs us. As we move, we, we grow, and he prepares us. Because if we try and skip steps, we're not ready for this. See, God has used everything in my life to prepare me for what I'm about to do. And every time I go and I keep going and God keeps directing me, I may feel like I'm going in one direction. I may tell others I'm going in one direction. But as I go, I'm growing, I'm learning, and I'm winning people to Christ, and I, I'm growing, they're growing, and as I get closer, God may say, yep, you're heading in the right direction, but this isn't your destination, it's right over here. And we start growing and growing, and God says, well, that's not quite your destination, but this is where I want you to path, it's over here, because I can't make the shortcuts, because God is preparing me and preparing us for the kingdom of God. So remember, God has a plan in how we are to get somewhere. Each step of the plan God uses in our lives to teach us, grow us, empower us, mold us, and to glorify and to grow his kingdom to fulfill the Great Commission. We get to do this if we go. Remembering what we learned in Psalms 37, 23, and Proverbs 3, 5, 6, don't get discouraged by the outcomes or the destinations being different than what you thought God had a purpose in pointing you in that direction. 
If he pointed you directly to the destination, we already talked, many of us would miss the journey that was necessary for that destination. That was the journey you needed to take to prepare you and others for the ministry to come and the growth needed in your life and the life Jesus needed you to touch. Jesus needs you to touch certain people's lives. Our destiny is in the journey. We cannot sit still and become stagnant, complacent, and comfortable. I believe if you're comfortable and you're never stretched, I have a hard time believing you're walking and going in Christ. Christ will stretch you. He will grow. Go. And he will, he will pull you out of his comfort zone. Why? Because it's about him and not you. It's relying on his grace and his strength and not yours. And if all, you're, if all the things you're doing right now is in your own strength, well, I'll leave it right there. We must, in faith, be guided by the Spirit and go forward in Christ with great excitement and expectations of what God wants to do in us, through us, and for the kingdom. We are sent people. We're going His name. Amen. 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 I am going to close in prayer. George, you have something you have to say? Yeah, I just had a thought come to me. I think it was from the Lord. Um, we're about as useless as an unused rubber band. If you don't stretch it, it doesn't do any good. It's, it's just, it's, it's worthless. Don't be an unstretched rubber band. <laughs> None of us want to feel worthless or be worthless, right? You're not worthless. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, who's your mama, who's your daddy. doesn't matter. God has a purpose for you, and that's to make disciples. Just ask God to whom, where, and how. And he will reveal that to you because this is his prayer. This is what he wants. It's your will be done, your kingdom come. When you pray your will be done, and you pray that in his name it will happen, this is his I'm calling you today as God calls you. Go and be his disciples. Go and make disciples as you go. Does that make sense this morning? Let's pray. Yeah. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your encouragement, for your blessings. Thank you, Father, for these open doors. I pray for all of us here that as we leave, as we go and be sent people, that you would open up those doors, that we would walk through those doors faithfully, to make you known, to share the good word, to be your hands and feet. May we, as we walk out this life, intentionally bring you with us, that you may lead us, guide us, direct us, going before us, going with us, going after us. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say. Amen. 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 You are sent in his name.